If you did not know, that was Big Chris Drew. Chris, we in the building. We're here. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the State of the Program, second edition. We in here. Happy to be joined by my guy, Big Chris Drew. Chris, how you doing? Doing really good. Excited to do this. And uh, we have a couple big announcements, too, on the flip side. But uh, happy to be in my in my Akron studio. I, I made the trek back. And uh, and we've been trying to do this for a couple weeks now, Q. And, like, we haven't been able to work it out. Haven't been able to work it yeah. out. But it's almost worked out like that because, like, things have happened and we've seen things and heard things. And we finally were able to kind of put our light skin heads together and figure out what we got to do <laughs> to uh, to get this episode finally out there. So nothing like a Thursday night. And it's like a Friday for me, bro, because I'm not, yeah. I'm not on, the, on the show tomorrow. Obviously, Zach went to Vegas, so I'm off doing my own thing. So I'll be uh, sipping a little bit and hanging out and talking all things Ohio State ball, as we should be, as you should spend every evening. Um, and if you're not already subbed, what are you doing? Like, sub, sub yeah. to Best Damn Media Group. I know you guys do shows every uh, every Sunday. They've been doing a really yeah. good job. And for those of you looking for kind of for a, a refreshing step away from the beat and, and really a pulse on kind of the actual, like, reaction from things, the, the actual thoughts – um, that aren't just regurgitated. Definitely, definitely worth a sub, worth a listen. Um, I do admit, Q, you guys are on my rotation list, and uh, yeah. and for those who know me, they know that my podcast choices are very select. There's about five or six yeah. on them. It has to mean something. So, um, that that's my little spiel for you. And uh, I appreciate what you're doing. Um, I heard you just got back from the Civil War. Oh, um, oh, behind man. you. And they so were giving I'm, me from my background. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad you made it out because I wouldn't, I don't know, what we would have done. Uh, you purple heart brother, you uh, you done well. But to those who actually served, more power to you. Q did not. He's just a fraud right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still I'm still in my dad's background a little bit, but I had to make sure I leveled up my computer system for this very special show. So if you have not been here, this is Best Day Me Media Group. Got our guy Chris Drew in here. We're gonna go to the state of the program, but this is the top fan channel out there. We mm -hmm. do a show every Sunday, and we ain't gonna hold back. And right now, we're going to get into the state of the program. So we ain't going to hold back with that either. We're going to grade hard. We definitely want your input. And we are judging where the program is at and where we need it to be to win titles. That, that, that's what this show is all about. We need to win titles. And we talked about it last time. If you did not tap into that, that first show was a banger. We did mm -hmm. part one on Chris's Corner or The Corner. We did part two right here. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. But this is going to be a more spring update, like you did say. We're, we tried to do a little earlier. We we're a little behind, but the dust has settled. We're going into yeah. summer ball. 
We want to see where everything is at and how we feel going into the season. And we'll do another one probably right before the season. But let's jump into how we feel about it now. So this is what basically we're going to run through. We're going to we're going to grade our coaches, Ryan Day included with the staff. We're going to see if they're the best in the country. We're going to grade our roster. Are they good enough to win title like this? When I talked about it last time, I was like, these two years were the window that that half that window that we just passed is gone. So after this year, there's going to be a big time roster turnover. So we got to judge that. I want to hear from you. Do you think this roster is good enough? We're going to go over facilities again, like we updated from last time, see where we are, see what's happening around the nation. And we're going to talk about recruiting, obviously, with a little NIL input, because those have been updated since last time we talked about them. But Chris, so I want to start with this. And Chad, I see y'all in here. I see my guy C. Uh, trend was up. I see. Can I get a wah in the chat? <laughs> what up? What up? What up, all y'all? So have y'all in here? Put an input. See Mike in here. Cam, the whole the whole crew in here. So we gonna we gonna get this going jumping. So the first thing, and this this was not on. We we kind of keep a rotating list of what we want to talk about that way we can just update it and build on last time. But Chris, this right here was was not in the not show in. notes. This not right in. here came out and i said chris we gotta leave the show with this so let's talk about it Austin's right. here to road to michigan yeah that you know the buckeyes can can turn things around in this rivalry after uh, a couple losses here to road to michigan yeah you know it's so funny I, you know everybody's so focused on you know just one game just one game yeah, so we are going to start right there. That is, if you do not know, and I'm sure most of you do, that is Gene Smith, the AD. Everything starts with him, football included. He is the guy who is calling all the shots. He's controlling the budget. He's controlling everything. Chris, I'm going to ask you, with an attitude like that, do we want this guy in charge of the football program? You want the long version or the short version? We got time. Give give me the give me the medium long version. The medium long, because that boy's already medium ugly. He deserves to get medium <laughs> slapped um, while we're here. And I, you know, I and I don't like wishing any sort of violence or saying that I would slap a black man, but this is definitely a slappable offense. So it's absolutely a fireable offense. It is Ohio State. You have a clock on the wall that counts down to the game. You have the initials up there. You cross out every M on campus the week of the game, and your AD was going to here and say, "Aha! It's kind of funny that uh, aha! It's just one game. Who who ever thought that? I was watching the game. I didn't think it was funny watching Donovan Edwards run down our throat. No. I didn't think it was funny losing two straight. I definitely didn't think that planting the flag on the block O was funny. So for for for, for the AD for the boss of your head coach to open up his whack ass mouth about this is crazy. The Notre Dame coach are showing through, and someone needs to slap him. And I feel like every coach, and that's a lie. Yeah, all of them when they saw this quote, either dropped their phone or dropped their newspaper because I know some of them are old and don't like technology. So blown <laughs> away. Like I'm blown away. An AD cannot say this ever this can never come out of your mouth gene smith yeah. not now not ever not when you're notre dame not when you're somewhere else and honestly i'm surprised that the boosters didn't make you come issue an apology and also uh, as an athletic director you have to understand the role you play everything you do will get picked apart so you should be careful with your words because the athletic director your words hold power now, if you don't think Ryan Day's going to win this next year and you want to kind of excuse yourself from having to fire him, okay, I get it. Maybe don't talk about it. 
But to go on a podcast and answer that kind of question or go on a radio interview and answer that kind of question like that, basically saying that every fan, every fan, every donor, every person in America that watched the game, it was the most watched regular season game of the year. Most watched. Most watched. Basically saying all of you that felt away about losing this game, you don't matter, and that should never be the case. It's egregious, and honestly, the consensus should be, shut the fuck up, Gene Smith. I'm sick of it. Yeah, and and just jumping on to that, not only all, all that shit that they do for the week of the game, but coming from the other side, as a fan, like I said, this is a fan channel, we live stream the game. Me, Mike, and Ron set up there live, watching Michigan bust our ass, and then had to hop in a Twitter space for hours, hours. taking 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 what we could call abuse. We we could have called the cops on the stuff that was being said to us. I'm like, bro, he does not like. I don't know if this is a disconnect, and he is not disconnected. But one Michigan winning this rivalry is up and vibing. But he gotta be the one. Shit, we answer for the program more than G Smith does. He does his little this little ah, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a back my coach. I'll stand here next to him at the podium and move on. We gotta live this shit. 365, including you. What what happened when you came in on the show on Monday? What happened? I was getting packed up by my own fans. My own fans are packing me up. Bro, I was on a space and a Florida fan was mocking me. The boys (laughs) that lost to Vandy. Like, Gene Smith, do you not get it? When you go through this, I get bullied. When we lose that silly little game, I get bullied. Not you, because you're up and wherever. You only got to talk to Austin Moore when you want to talk to him. But I get bullied. Chris Drew in Akron. That's what I'm saying, bro. It's a disconnect. He doesn't get it. And honestly, I mean, boy needs medium smacked in a kind of Christian way, if I'm being really honest. I'm saying, I mean, this shit just doesn't make any sense. You need to wash his mouth out, bro. There, There is wash out. three things a year. That we focus on beating Michigan, winning mm-hmm. the Big Ten, winning the Natty. You can get away with those back in two if you do the first one. It is the most important thing. Some people would, some people now, it, up to each fan, it's it's a discussion, but would rather beat Michigan and go 111 than go take a championship losing to Michigan. Some people would choose that. It means that much in the with, with the rivalry. So I mean, you're, you're right. You And you said it kind of, you opened up with it. It's like the three goals, Urban always laid out. The three goals are, you know, win the game, win the conference, win an Addy. It's okay if you don't go three for three. But what's not okay is going 0 for three in back-to-back years because 0 for three in back-to-back years, Q, I don't know if you're a math major, but that equals 0 for six. And yeah. you get fired for 0 for six. We uh, fired it in, in the real world. I, I'm, I'm not at all saying I want Ryan Day fired. The only yeah. one that I kind of want to get rid of is Gene Smith. Boy, he's <laughs> be pissing me off, bro, bro. I can't hold you. I mean, it, it, it's 100% facts. And being, being the – see, this is the thing right now. Ohio State, as a football program, the pressure is really on. You have those back-to-back losses. You have people maybe calling for Ryan Day's head or say he can't get it done. and that is what we want to say. That's a good thing. It's a good thing that they feel that pressure. When you no, go they up say there, pre- pressure is a privilege. Yeah. When you go up there and you say that, you just cut the pressure of the entire program. Everyone is focused on, we got to beat Michigan. Like, I don't care what happens next season. We got to beat Michigan. You go up there and say that. It's like, I mean, like, I mean, maybe we can lose to Michigan if we do some other things. And it, and it was, like I said, when we did our last one, it was great. We had the Georgia game. But we live in this 365, and, and and like Sue said, 
bitch, they still talking. We we there's no break from this. We we going way. I can't into even tweet call. happy birthday, grandma, with the dove emoji and a prayer hands without someone putting that stupid ass flag on our on our midfield. I can't yeah. even tweet my happy birthday without something like that happen. Bro, like that's that's what G we're at. Initially, we also sound like Michigan did a couple years ago. Like yeah. Michigan lost five or six or seven straight. We were beating their ass every year. And people are saying, like, on the Michigan side, oh, it's just one game. Like, we had a good season except for the one game. It's like, <clears throat> the last thing I want to sound like is my ops, period. And also, bro, like, my mom went to Michigan. So, like, going home these last two years has been tricky. She didn't even watch football. But sometimes, bro, I will, she didn't even watch football. But sometimes I'll go home and she'll just have the highlights on the screen. Like, what are you doing? You don't Bruh. even like sports. Is, is it one of those lose-lose where if, if Ohio State wins, it's not talked about? It's pretty no, quiet in the house. But quiet. because we lost, now she's now she's talking yeah. about it. And she, no, she doesn't even know Q. It's worse than that. I'm not even talking about it. I'll just, like, walk in the house, and she'll just have it on the TV, like the game on. Like, on the big screen in there. And it's like, what, what's going on? You hate football. I wasn't even allowed to play football growing up. Man, hey, P PSA to G Smith. Somebody actually told Chris he wasn't going to be shit in life because y'all lost. So get Facts. that shit together. Hey, that was really crazy, bro. I'm literally out. I'm at Revelry. I'm with Homegirl. I'm with Zach. Kicking and having a good time. Obviously, we lost. I was bummed. I'm like, all right, I got to drive back to Akron. Oh, first thing I opened up my Twitter to was Chris Drew will never be shit in life. Bro. <laughs> That's, that's that's crazy. Let's jump in. I didn't. I, nobody planted the flag in my backyard. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He wants I to win director's cups, not football natties. Yeah, Gene Smith wants to win director's cup, not the football natty. A hundred percent true. C says, "What's the? Oh, sorry, somebody hit it." Christian Michigan legacy is nasty, nasty work, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, you asked about the budget. We go, we go jump into that later. Uh, we go. No, we got you on that. Yeah. But hey, yeah, it's, man, not, so. it's not really my grandma's birthday, but I appreciate y'all messaging. <laughs> hey, hey, if you in here, one, like the video, two, get somebody else in the get somebody else in here. Let them know what Best Damn Media is putting going. Also, grab yourself a drink. You see Chris Drew in here. He mm -hmm. get his little sip on. It's a it's a thirsty Thursday. So we talk so June is actually um African American Music Month in America, just so you know. And this is wine because I associate wine with jazz music. Because when I was working in Cleveland, I worked for a station, it was the wave, and then they flipped and they would do a wine cruise every year. And so I associate wine with jazz, and so that's why I'm tying this in. And then um just just because I I do love the black culture, it's watermelon uh, um wine. So Ooh. it's just like wins across the board and it's uh it's actually really, really pleasant. Um, and since I see Cody in the chat, I just want to throw this out here. Um, parole tied, like always. Um, yeah, that's we'll roll, we'll roll with that. But George is close to taking a throne on you guys from that one. But uh, but Q, man, I'm ready for the next topic, bro. I'm getting turned up. All right, let's let's do this. So this is this is what we're gonna do next. And everybody in the chat, go ahead. This. So we talked about the staff last time. We haven't talked about the new the new additions to the staff. I don't think we touched on that last time. But we're gonna talk about the staff as a whole, right? So I want everybody to think. Coach by coach in the staff, is this the best guy for this position in the country? And that, and that's the standard. We we touched on Ryan Day. So if you want our thoughts on Ryan Day, go ahead back to that last show. After you get done here, you'll hear our thoughts on him extendedly. But I want to get past Ryan Day because we need to touch on the staff position by position. So, Chris, I want to ask you in a general, and you can go really any position you want to, is do you feel – how many coaches do you feel – are not the best in the country at their current position and we can level up on. 
oh like if i'm just gonna like broad stroke it pause yeah no homo um <laughs> just if i'm just gonna if i'm just gonna use the broad stroke which is a great one especially on wednesdays um i'd probably say the only guys that are best in the country um, at their position are justin fry and the addition of Corey Dennis and Ryan Day together. So I think our quarterbacks are coached the best in the country. I think our offensive line is coached the best in the country, but it's kind of a recovery period. Um, I don't think our corners are coached best in the country. I don't think that's absolutely fair to say. I don't think our safeties are coached best in the country, and that's so valid to say. That's easy. Um, I think our running back coach is probably top three in America, so I, I, that one's up that's for solid. so much. That's up for so much debate right there. Um, I think our defensive line coach was the best in the country a couple of years ago. I think he's lost it a little bit, a lot of it. Um, I think he's a little bit confused at this point. Um, I mean, th- there's no reason for me watching the Georgia game, watching um, Jerron Cage trot out when we need one stop. <laughs> so uh, it, it's like that rap song, and I was talking with Ron about this, like fourth quarter, I'm screaming, why the fuck is Cage in? Um, and no disrespect for the kid, but to the kid, but not a first round draft pick, not an NFL player. Same with Teron Vincent. Um, so I, I no longer think Larry's the best in the country, but I think he could be and could teach the best in the country. So if I'm just going to like just in, in a vacuum, I've got yeah. two units that are receiving the best coaching in the country. Brian Hartline. Is oh, three, three, excuse three. me, three okay. with Brian Hartline. Brian Hartline is the best in, in the country by far. And then the one that um, is the worst, at least perform. I mean, I, I'll say it, bro. Parker Fleming does a terrible job and has done a terrible job in glaring, glaring moments. Um, now, I, I've always heard the talk about, oh, he's a good coach. He's super smart. He's this, that, this, that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if your unit performs poorly, if your unit looks like a poor coach unit, I'm going to call it like I see it. And honestly, it felt like every time special teams had a chance to be a plus on a team or really like, change a game they failed so parker Fleming is not even close um on 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 the best in america but i'm curious your thoughts on that if i'm pretty spot on or if i'm if i'm yeah yeah so um going straight down the line uh pick obviously quarterback with Corey does ryan day i think is solid we don't need to talk about that running back i'm with you what up craig i think um i think it is he's at least top three top five i mean i'm not particularly the best at evaluating running back coaches, but I would say no matter who steps up, we get a pretty good performance from our running back. Which is like, who, who else would you want? Like for me, there's only yeah. one running back coach I would want instead of him. And the guy that I would want is currently a head coach at Temple. Yeah, so it's you're, like, not, you're not getting that. So like those guys move on. Like so so Stan Drayton was Ezekiel Elliott's running back coach before yeah. he left. And he like he's a great one, a really, really great coach that Urban loved. But obviously like he's a head coach now. Yeah, so he's, he's not coming back. So, yeah, I, th- I think we're good there. Um, obviously, I think Keen Bailey is the only coach on offense we really don't know what he's going to do yet. And we'll touch on Coach Key in a second. Defensively, it's a lot of question marks. LJ, like I, I said it maybe two weeks ago, I said, bro, playing Jerron Cage or Teron Benchett as much as he did is damn near a, a fireable offense. It, 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 is, it is on the line. And especially with the recruiting misses he had last cycle, it's on the line of being like it's time to it's time to pack it up. And I like LJ. I like him. So obviously Jim Knowles, I think at linebacker, he's also our DC. I think he did a fantastic job turning those guys around. Now we do have questions that we will jump into later on. Is he playing the best players? But let me not say that too loud for the crowd for the chat. I, I, I think I think Jim Knowles might be the best linebacker, quote unquote, coach in the nation in terms of like teaching guys how to play like the actual game but in terms of choosing personnel i have maybe a little bit of a different take on that and obviously you said we'll touch on that in a little bit yeah yeah he got he got his guys perform so we can't knock him yet the secondary okay so for me i've had this question since we did our hires perry eliano i think 
had a chance to be the best cornerbacks coach in the country. Doing what he did at Cincinnati, two NFL players taking three stars. I don't know what um I don't know what uh Kobe Bryant's ranking was, but Yo, Kobe Carter, Bryant. Here we go. Kobe Bryant went to Glenville. Q. Yeah, outside the top eight hundred. Okay, so yeah, so not even a not, not even really a three star. And, and it goes further than that. Do you know who won the Thorpe Award that year? When did when did Kobe Bryant? Yeah. yeah, And the consensus best corner of the nation was Sauce Gardner. They had Fact. two guys that could have won the Thorpe Award, and everyone would have been thrilled. And yeah. Cincinnati, both of them three stars. Yeah, like, so coming off um, absurd. <laughs> yeah, so coming off that, he could like we don't know where his recruiting chops were at, but he could have been the best cornerbacks coach in the country. We got him <laughs> coach safety, Tim Walton. Backs coach in the country, he's he's not not from what we've seen. I think he did a serviceable job. I actually think the corners got better as the season went on. But if you take in and part of your job is recruiting, if you take in that and how the cornerbacks performed, he he's not the best in the country. You know what's why? You know what's wild though, Q. When you when you slice all that up, yeah, the guy that got the big raise was actually Tim Walton and not Perry Eliano, which is surprising. It's surprising, but I do think. From where the cornerbacks were at the beginning of the season to the end of the season, they did improve. And by the Georgia game, they weren't the weakness. It was the mm-hmm. safeties. And I don't even remember – everybody remembers, you know, Denzel Ward getting beat. But anybody can get beat like that. It wasn't something crazy. Oh, Denzel Burke route out in yeah. the end zone. Like, it happens. That's part of playing corner. So, I, while I do think they did a good job, when I'm thinking best of the country – the, the boogeyman in the cornerback room, Fran Brown, who we talked Fran. about a little bit in pre-show, like – that's the best in the country. Fran's the, Fran is the best in America by far, and he recruits guys that have that little bit of toughness in them. Like he recruits guys that would rip beef jerky off a wall. Tight, like like that's how tough they are, and that's like the one thing Ohio State's missing in terms of like quote unquote toughness. Like we don't really have those guys anymore, and he recruits his ass off. So no, Fran Fran's the best in the country, and I'll stamp that. I think he's the black cornerback version of Brian Harline. Yeah, so they're really good. So if we know he's the best, we know we don't have the best, which we should. So let me pair that into our two new guys in here. And also tell me tell me and Chris where we can level up. Who do you think should stay? Who do you think we can level up on? And I'll throw that up here after we talk about our new hires. So we have two. We have Coach Key, who obviously we've wanted to get a coaching job for a while. We're glad he stayed around. And I'm really excited to see him, one, hit the trail and see what he can do with his tight end room. And the guy we should have brought in two years ago, don't know why we didn't, don't know why he had to go get an internship at, at Notre Dame, but James Laurinaitis, he's in here. So, Chris, go ahead and rate these two new hires for me. Tell me how you like them. Um, I'll start with the easy one. James Laurinaitis is an A+. James Laurinaitis has everything you want from a full-time coach, except for he's not taking up a full-time slot. I wonder, though, how long you can keep that up because the way he's spoken about in Columbus, it feels like, whoa, he has that. Whoa, he has the passion for it. Um, and he seems hyper-driven and super responsible as a young coach. Don't have to worry about anything else off the field or off yeah. the four-wheelers. He's responsible <laughs> and understands that. Um, James Arnett's also recruiting chops. Got him. Guess what? Ohio State's like has some relationships and some strengths with linebackers they wouldn't have if it weren't for James Arnitis. And it kind of supplements the fact that uh that you know there's some questions about Jim Knowles recruiting. And I'll tell you this, Q. If James Arnitis was recruiting Taggart Curtis for three years, guess who Ohio State lands? Taggart Curtis. A hundred percent. No doubt about it. So um I like James. I'm excited for James. I think James has a version to as a chance to be kind of um, like a, a young fickle almost and kind of yeah. in that defensive staff. He's that intense and he played the game, played at a high clip and is considered one of the one of the all time great 
um, Ohio State linebackers and then also franchise linebackers when he was with the Rams, like leading them in all kinds of categories. And he played the game the right way in, in a way that you can teach. Sometimes you worry about like guys who are freak athletes coming back and being coaches because yeah. It's like, oh, why can't you do this, this, and this and jump over that building and save those kids on the way to score a touchdown? Well, no shit. I'm a, I'm a generational athlete, but the ones that aren't tend to teach really well. So I'm excited yeah. for James Arnitis. It's a home run hire, and he's probably better than some of our other coaches. <coughs> Parker, But I don't, I don't know anything else about that. Oh, just came down with something. Yeah. And you touch on Coach Key? Oh, Coach Key. Uh, B plus. I'm excited right. about Key. Unproven. But got recruiting chops, we know that. Um, and I'm excited for our tight ends to play like receivers. Yeah, all facts. So so for me, I think I, I would probably change the same ratings as you. I think James Laurinaitis is an A, A, A plus higher. We we just you just knew by listening to him on the radio show, you're like, this dude, there, there's something about him. We should really pull him in. And another plug, I think, man, can can we go get Malcolm Jenkins? What what is he doing? He retired now. Can we can we pull him back into the program for safeties? I mean, yeah. he played the game for a long time. He played corner and safety at a high level. Can we pull him back in? I mean, guys that understand the rivalry, like like right now, we only have yeah. we have zero on staff that are from Ohio. Yeah, I just I, right. I just want I just want to plug that. That'd be a, that'd be a guy we we plug back in. But I think I think he's an A plus hire. I'm interested to see him on if he if he pulls. Uh, I always mess up his name, but it's Asa. Not forget uh, Kingpin Asa Velamo. Yeah, Velamo. from Cali. Hey, we we cooking with something. I just want man. I just want some linebackers that can run. But we'll talk about that later. But yeah, obviously, um, if if he can take the and the thing I like about it, him teaching what he did and he wasn't he, there were we had better athletes on the roster than what James Lawrence was when he was here if he can take those guys and maximize them and be able to teach them what he did and add their athletes as a man we have first rounders so mm -hmm. if he's able to do that I would be super excited excited to see what comes from him and I want him to get that full-time spot how would you grade um Joe Philbin um yes yeah, so with where we are right now and that's a little bit of a, a roster concern we'll jump in it we'll jump in a minute I think having a, a NFL coach and you and Zach talked about it, having an NFL coach on on as a um, analyst, mm -hmm. have an NFL coach with Brian Hartline, who he played for, teaming up with his first season, I think is an A plus hire. I know he's an O line guy. The O line is the position maybe that can keep us away from winning a title. It's probably the the biggest question mark. So bringing that in. Bringing in an NFL guy, I'm I'm all about it. And he was one that I didn't touch on, but yeah, I'm all about him. And then Coach Key, touch on real quick. I really like Coach Key. I think it's a B higher, like you said. I'm excited to see our tight ends in the past game. And it looks like he might be recruiting a little different type type of tight end that we've gotten. So I'm excited for him. What about yeah. you with yeah, Joe Philbin? I love the Joe Philbin hire. And I think the other part of it is like one of the things that Kevin Wilson, like kind of notoriously like, didn't want to do was recruit. I think this is like a Kevin Wilson role in terms of like what he means to Ryan Day, except for you add a plus recruiter in a guy like uh, Coach Key. Like yeah. imagine if imagine if Kevin Wilson didn't have to go recruit, you could send Coach Key on the trail, but still have Kevin Wilson coaching. I feel like this is what that is like. And like the, the strength in the run game and the strength in the pro style concepts is so important because it's been shown time and time again, an elite NFL schemer will always trump a college schemer almost every single time as long as they – are attentive and know what they're doing. Obviously, we saw with Tom Monken last year, yeah. a pro-style guy, absolutely put the beats on our guy, Jim Knowles. 
um, in a game that honestly I thought if we scored 40, we would have won. So that's my thoughts on that. But keep us moving, bro. You're doing a great job. Hey, real quick though, before we keep pushing though, listen, we got some we got some news, Q. I don't know if you know. Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. We we with almost at 30 mark. Go ahead, go ahead and break that for him. Go ahead. Right. The floor is yours. We got this thing going. Ron James, one of the best ever community building. Um, they best damn media has launched a Discord. Um, so if you're looking kind of for all your cultural content in one place or content outside of the sport that you want to share with people that love the sport, Discord is the place to be. There's going to be a link in the description. Definitely recommend hitting it up. I'm in there. I'll be dropping recruiting nuggets every now and again, just having fun talking with the guys. There's a place if you like spaces. I mean, there's there's audio um, rooms as well, so you can talk with each other. It's just a really cool thing that Ron's built, and I'm excited to kind of be in there and, and sharing some minutes of sports content for you guys, and like just like hanging out with the community and the people who who've really helped um, Ron and Best Damn Media and Cam, uh, aka Truther, kind of get this thing going. So no, I'm I'm, I'm really excited, and I am um, in the Discord. So make sure and, and throw a friend request at me when you jump in. Uh, my name is Aimbot Chris on that bad boy. Yeah, definitely jump into there because the, the spaces have gone crazy. And I, I would like to plug KC and DTV. Oh, yeah. They had a space, was it two nights ago now? Mm-hmm. Well, that was a banger. You have never seen this before. We had a recruit. We had two recruits in there, both yep. committed, one trying to flip another one. And we let Virginia Tech's fans come in there and give their pitch to flip the West Virginia recruit. You ain't seen that nowhere. No one's had that idea. It was on Best Day Media KCD, KCD TV first. So if you see somebody copy it, you, you know where yeah. it started. And you know who does it right. Flip space. So KCD TV uh, is always jumping. Honestly, like like that is the place to be. It's like it's like imagine like your most exclusive club, except for it's a space and you got real niggas in there. Yeah, and we're giving you all the talks you need. Um, we'll debate anybody, and then obviously the flip space. And honestly, like if for those of you who love comedy, like seeing dog. I'm sorry, Q, if you consider yourself a funny guy. Are the, <laughs> two, are the two funniest dudes I've ever met. Like, literally, probably by a quarter mile, bro. Like, this dude, this Michigan fan was in there. Giovanni had his profile pick up, had his toes out. And I've never heard somebody make jokes about somebody's profile picture for five straight minutes without repeating a single thing. Just all-time, all-time spaces. So okay. make sure, uh, make sure you come kick it for sure, uh, and, and KCD. We are moving that joint on over to the Best Damn Media Discord. Yeah. So yeah, wanted to, wanted to plug that. We have some more news for you later, but we'll 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 leave it hanging for you as of right now. So Chris, moving moving this forward, and yeah, and yeah, Cam Gabe Williams was in there trying to flip another team's recruit. So shout out Gabe Williams. Up. He uh, hey, he had an interception at the uh, the OTF finals. Yeah, exactly. All right, so. Let's jump into this. So now I want to tackle this roster, something we talked about before, but now the dust has settled. So we got all the transfers. We know who our roster is going for. Chris Drew, in a short, short answer, is this roster good enough to win a championship this season? I'll put the hood on. Absolutely. All right, there we go. So, so what I want to break down is this team – And I said it before, the championship window is this year. And why did I say that? Because the amount of pro talent coming, like people talk about this is Michigan's year. Oh, they're going to be better than last year. Yada, yada, yada. This team is way more fucking talented. So talented, bro. Than that team. And as talented as any team we're going to play, which when the talent equates is down to coaching. So as long as the coaching is right, this roster is loaded. 
All of those guys from that 21 class, when we had that giant run of 2020, COVID was out, and we were just landing everybody. The, the Maybe the last time you were before, maybe re, a little bit recently, that you were really excited to recruiting. I mean, that probably got everybody even more in recruiting than they already were. They're juniors now. The, the time is up. We got two five-star prospects at quarterback, offensive weapons through the board. You look at defense, you're like, I mean, this defense wasn't great last season, but I, I like what I'm seeing. This roster is loaded. So I want to ask you first, what are you worried about in this roster? You think it's good enough to win a championship? What are your worries? Honestly, like roster-wise, I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know if we're going to hit it here, but roster-wise, in terms of the roster, what I'm worried about, absolutely nothing. The only thing I'm worried about is are the right guys going to play? Now, let me okay. start with this. Two years ago, I was on with Zach, and I told Zach this. I said, the window is really 2024. And at the time I said it, um, I thought that Quinn Ewers was going to be the quarterback for this year. Yeah. Obviously, we know that went, things changed. But the other part of it was I felt like Ohio State was going to have the one thing that I thought they were missing since the last time they won or were really dominant is the best defensive line in the sport. And what it does yeah. is it takes that boy Jim Knowles and the words of seek. You don't have to be a riverboat game. Like, you don't have to be a hood nigga shooting dice. You can trust the D-line to get after it because that means something that matters. When you have a disruptive four, when you have two defensive tackles that are both capable of getting five or six sacks a year at least, that can ruin an entire game plan. Even if Jack Sawyer doesn't live up to what I think he will, and by the way, I think Jack is about to have a massive year. Even if JTT doesn't live up to kind of the big-time status that he had, if he is a B player, which he already proved he can be, with the A-plus defensive tackles, and now Larry has no choice but to play the right guys, no, no this, this could be a defense that is absolutely suffocating. And Q, do you remember the last time Ohio State had a defense that was absolutely suffocating? Uh, I think back, there was a guy, Jeff Halfley, right? And there was he, a guy uh, named Jeff. Named and I'm going to tell my damn grandkids about the Jeff Halfley defense because that defense smothered with Chase Young and Devon Hamilton. And I think, honestly, if we can get a fraction of that, Please watch out because this will not only be a great team in college football, we'll be looking back by week nine of the season talking about, damn, how do you think this team would hold up against a 2019 team? That's how good I think they can be. And here we go. Another step. You don't need the most talented quarterback in the sport to win it all. You no. simply do not. We just saw Stetson Bennett screech. Go back to back like he's on the cover of Lethal Weapon. He went and did it. <laughs> He went and did it. We watched Mac Jones, who I think has worked out a grand total of seven times his entire life, go crazy on a loaded Bama team because they were loaded. Two things here. Ohio State's going to have the best receiving core on offense. Yep. That helps the quarterback, especially in the quick game, especially if your offensive line's a little bit worried. You're about quick game. And on defense, they'll have the best defensive line in the country, which means maybe they can afford going three and out. And, and they couldn't last year. So I am thrilled and excited, I think it's a deep defensive line. And guess what disruptive defensive line play does, Q? Well, it kills the other team's offense is what it does. Well, those corners? That oh, it makes them play better. That I think were dog water. Now they only have to cover for a half second. And that makes you a good corner. So, hey, I'm all, I'm all in. I'm a little tipsy right now. I've been drinking a little bit, but this is the truth serum. I, I like us. And as my boy Cam would say, S-N-S. -S. 
Yeah, Cam talked about on our on our Sunday show. He was talking about having a defensive line, two interior defensive linemen that can push the pocket. Because what we had a lot was defensive ends. They would get around and beat their man, but the quarterbacks so up in the pocket they can't get there. It's impossible. Yeah. And he said it. I'm happy to have two dudes that have to play. There's no other choice. Nobody else to play that will push his pocket in. The defensive line should be more disruptive. You talk about it's going to make the quarterback play a lot better, which I think we've leveled up our secondary play a lot, a lot, but. It's going to make this defense better, and it will come down to his win. You don't have to blitz like a madman. You don't have to sit in the house, man. And and that is and that is good news. And and two, that puts the onus back to our strength. If they can what up, Jay Book? Can we? What's good, Jay Book? Can Happy we trust Black Ryan Day to, Jay Book? Yeah, can we trust Ryan Day to get it done? And I think we all can trust Ryan Day to score points. So I think it's a marriage made in heaven. Now, if I'm going to worries. The only worry I have is the offensive tackles. Really, that is really besides. I'm not worried about the quarterback play until Ryan Day puts up a puts a bad quarterback in. I ain't seen it yet. It's impossible. So I think outside of the tackle spot, I really have no worries on on this team. I do want to ask you something. I want to ask you something, Q. Yeah. With the offensive tackle worries that we have, and there was never really no real talk about moving Donovan Jackson, who people believe to be our best offensive lineman outside. Do you think there could be more of an emphasis on pounding the rock? Because probably our three best offensive line are all on the inside, and we have a stable of five running backs. Do you think that you could see a philosophy change? Because my belief has always been this. People think that Ryan Day is real throw happy. I think Ryan Day is a little bit horny to get the best players of the ball whenever he can. Yeah. Um, in 2019, I didn't think Justin, I didn't think Ryan was throw happy. I he thought was. that the best players on the team were Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins, so that leads you to run the ball. And Wyatt Davis were the three best, so you run the ball. In 2022, I think that the best players were C.J. Stroud, Paris Johnson, and Marvin Harrison Jr., so you throw the ball. Yeah. I think this year the best players are still Marv, but probably not Kyle McCord but it's probably one of those stable of running backs. So you think if he leans into that, getting the best players the ball, you could see the ground game kind of hitting a point. People forget Ryan Day came up in running the ball. Like they had Andre yeah. Williams at, uh, at Boston, Boston College. College. Yeah, yeah, with Justin Fry. With Justin Fry. Crazy I mean, they had a 2,000-yard rusher in 2019 with J.K. Dobbins when he was that good. So I think that he wants to run the ball, and a lot of those power concepts come from Chip Kelly, but I do – want your thoughts could that be a reason why we didn't move donovan jackson out like outside because we want our in interior offensive line to be really good um yeah i think that could be an answer to that i do want our best players playing their best position i've never been one to move a guy out here to fill another weakness and then move a, a more of a weakness in that spot i i do want to give myself credit i was the one saying all alone i all along, I was like, I'm not sold on this Josh Fryer to tackle thing. I said it in our last day of the All program. Right. Q, a, a, Q, wants, Q, Q wants his flowers. Throw flowers. I, want my flowers. I told everybody. I told me the chat. I was like, Josh Fryer probably not the guy. And let me pat myself on the back because what happened in Transfer Portal? We were looking for tackles. Not tackle. Tackles. So, <laughs> we went I will over. say. Um, Bro, yeah, man, every I, tackle they hit the portal, we called <laughs> twice. It's like when that girl takes her boyfriend out of her IG, it's like you DM her right away. That's what we were on. Oh, facts. So with that being said, I do think the running, I think with these set of running backs, somebody's going to come out of that room and be a dude. I'm hoping it's Trey. I think he has the most potential. I think with that running game, with the power, the running is going to change to whatever Justin Fry and Ryan Day want to do, which is going to be different than stretch, 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 stretch. We're going to see something different, and I think, yeah, it's going to be a more emphasis on the running game. We'll give a little more balance this season.
three three zero. Chip, train him. That's your guy. See, see, here we see, here we go. So, okay, okay, y'all. Chip Trainum left his running back one position. Come here, play linebacker. He is not the best running back at Ohio State. He is not going to be on the field this season. Cut this clip up. Chip Trainum is not the guy. Trivion Henderson is the guy. I've said it. I'm saying it all along. Y'all cheating Chip and, Chip and Dallin like they Reggie Bush and Lindell White. They are not. Trivion Henderson needs to be the guy. He's going to set the tone for the running game. That's my answer. I'm sticking to it. Cut this clip up. If I'm wrong, you can play it then. I'm just saying they never let Trey return kicks. <laughs> Chip ain't really returned a kick. He got to the 20. <laughs> I ain't never, I ain't never seen, I ain't never seen, I ain't we never did, seen Trey stay on track for a whole play. Hey, we could have got the ball to the 25 if he just fair caught it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you see, <laughs> <laughs> I rock with Dallin too, though. I know I, I love Dallin. You know how I feel about Dallin. I think I think Dallin's gonna. I honestly like if I had to like in the Georgia game, if I had to give a guy twenty five carries, I would have given Down or Chip the carries instead of instead of uh instead of uh, Trey. Trey bugs me. I think he's like physically gifted, yes, but if physically gifted but run the ball like a meathead, I can't really rock with you. And I'm I'm hoping it's the foot because obviously all I want is for him to live to the potential because yeah. his year one was so good. But if I just want feel and consistency and to feel good about it and, and comfortable with ceiling and floor, it's it's Chip and it's Hayden, in my opinion. But hey, P- I know PSA, Tray- Trayvon Henderson, can you hear me? Please don't make me look stupid. There, there's 34 people in here. Please like the video. Don't make me look stupid. <laughs> get, your, get your vision right. Run the ball. Don't have them expose me later on Twitter. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to be in a safe space. Hey, so you know in Akron, in Akron, we drink garden hose water, and that's why we have the best athletes, not Glenville, Akron. <laughs> hey, Book said, uh, Chip is nice, man. Better stop sleeping on him. Yeah, man. I mean, I he was playing running back in to play linebacker, Jay Book. I don't have to go against you on that. But hey, I could it's be Ohio right. State. It's Ohio State. We run converted players into the ground. Like we converted Cam hey. Martinez into from a quarterback to a safety. We converted hey, I, our starting linebacker, Steel Chambers, running back to a linebacker. We it's convert you. We converted yeah. Cam Brown from receiver hey. to corner. Hey, hey I'm gonna get Jay Book. What what he say about conversions in the locker boy chat? They don't really work out that well. That's your own words. I'm using it. You thought I forgot. I'm using it against you. I mean, Case Stover converted so many times, I forget where his original position is. Oh, man. Oh, hey, hey, I, I, hey, I hey, look, Mike just put in the chat, Chris, stop lying. Akron ain't like that. Hey, name the best athlete from Glenville. I promise you Akron has a better one. Chris Chris must have forgot. They, they take compound V in Glenville. They run in, they run in three 940s. No, see, we drink the compound V out of the river that runs from Cleveland to Akron. <laughs> But all right, man. So yeah, but with the roster, man, we really have no questions. We're gonna we're gonna move on from that. But let let me know. I think I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be level up. I think this is a championship run type of team. So let's hop into it. So Chris, next thing I want to touch on real quick before we get into our our last gems is is, is facilities. We we've talked about it last show. We went extensively, and I'm a, I'm gonna show some stuff because why does it seem like like yeah i get the i get it the sec schools they got big money you know what i'm saying like it's just different down there that's cool but why why does it feel like we're falling behind in the big Ten? so do want to show y'all this that is penn state their new lions club they're renovating giving this this right here is going to get some donors in here and let them and let them see the team come out the tunnel that is really cool it's a great idea i like it let's move on Hey, you know, hey, go to that last picture. Go to yeah, that last picture right. real quick. 
And you know what would make this way better? If above the window it said Club KCD TV on it. That would be really <laughs> that would be really jumping. I can't even hold We need we need we need that in the stadium. Shout out to KCD TV. That's what I'm about to right, do. Don't so, let me win a lottery. I'll, I'll drop a bag on getting uh, getting naming <laughs> rights to something. Yeah, and this looks like a new stadium. That is not Ohio State, everybody. That is Northwestern. And uh, and tell me that joint don't look badass. We might once they get that joint built, we might have to pull up see what see what yeah. the stadium looking like. Got to do an early the Chicago cold. You know but they got yeah. the nerds out there too, so it's gonna be high tech as a motherfucker for Heck real. Yeah, and that's another shot of the stadium. So it seems like we we falling behind a little bit. And you like, all right, you know what I'm saying? Northwestern academic school, you know, they got bread. Penn State, they you know, they on our level, they they should be leveling up. But there's a program way below us that's spending money, and that is this of this building. Zero. Uh, Chris, is that is that is that Maryland? That was fire. I was getting into that. Hey, I, I, I didn't want to leave y'all, but I would have watched all 48 seconds of it. But Maryland yeah, also, has like Q, Q has an affinity for Maryland. Bruh, I'm a Maryland basketball fan. I was born there. It is what it is. They should not have a better football facility than Ohio State has. That joint was shiny. Chris, would you like to tell us um, how much money the academic department made last season? Uh, um, $252 million. Okay. And um, as Seaball brought up, um, how much money of that is actually kind of unaccounted for? Um, a lot. Yeah. $77 million inches miscellaneous uh shout out to rev he said he said she ain't got some more kids out there that he got that he got to pay for but making all this money can we at least get a sketch can we get a does it take much to put an ai picture of some updates like we don't even get sketches ideas what is going on with the facilities chris i couldn't tell you and, and well i could tell you really the the issue is our athletic director wants to value every other sport and try to take care of everybody it's it's the idea that like everybody eats instead of kind of treating the cash cow like the cash cow like i get it you love all your kids equally but that kid's gonna go to the league so make sure that that kid has the proper training and and that's and that's maybe that's a bad analogy maybe maybe that was a bad job <laughs> but but really like we've gotten to a point where we care so much about the things that are non-revenue sports that we're holding the main sport and not just the cash cow for your like your university, but the cash cow for the entire Big Ten back when it shouldn't have to be. And it's it's almost like 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 Gene Smith chooses to send Ryan Day into basketball games every single day while wearing ankle weights. Like, buddy, tank the ankle weights off. Nobody else is wearing them. So yeah. I, I'm hoping that they step up in facilities now. And it feels like when we do step up, it's like our step up is the same as where the other programs stepped up like three years ago. Like Georgia will get something like a, a nice ass facility, and then we'll get similar facilities three years later, and then Georgia builds again. So it just feels like we're behind because we are taking care of all of these other sports, if that makes yeah. sense. And I wanna I wanna answer this question, Steve. That's why I left this chat up. You want to take a guess how much money Ohio State has spent in football facility renovations, not counting the new turf, because I don't know how that much was, but since the year 2000. Chris, you want to guess? Uh, since the year 2000? Yes. I, I mean, I hope it would be over $50 million. Chris, the number is $7.8 million. I searched it. 
I looked for every article that says Ohio State renovation. That was when they did their new cafeteria and all that, which it looks nice. It's cool. But $7.8 million, it is in multiple articles. If you can find an article out there that tells you different, please send it to me because I was looking for it. $7.8 million since the year 2000, and that's because I couldn't search any further back. Bro, St. Vincent St. Mary's done more than that since, <laughs> since the year Bro, 2000. There is nobody who has spent I, – I would, I would argue there's no facility – in the okay, country, so the, the, uh, thank you, Sue, for that. The, the, the new, new turf was eight million dollars. Okay, so we got we got some new turf. I wanted to new turf on the indoor outdoor. I wanted to be fifty. As far as the facility is concerned, it's been eight million dollars in actually updating the look of the facility and what recruits going to see. Ohio State is hiding their. They don't have a video out there. Ohio Ohio State facility tour. You will see one from Big Ten Network about three years ago in that cafeteria. Outside of that, and I guess the turf. That's it. That's it. Like Zach said, it's a wall of concrete in there. Like, I, I'm not asking for a lot, even though I'm kind of asking for a lot. But my man Destroying has seen every facility. He went to Hawaii. He ain't been Ohio State yet. That should tell you something. That's just my idea on it. You always say the turf. And, and the turf is a problem. It's not even like we got the best turf in the country. Turf Everybody's stinks. injured. Turf stinks. NFLPA is we're going to ban that turf, Q, because keep, yeah. people keep having soft tissue injuries on it. Like the NFL is. So why do we have it? So, ba so basically, that's a minus eight million. That would put us yeah, at zero. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna subtract that from what we spent because that's going yeah. backwards. So I'm gonna put us at zero. Like somebody uh, call Wexner, get a loan. You know what I'm saying the new Ooh. the new turf hurts our old players. So it's not even it's not even cool. You know they need to they need to get out of there, but they won't spend the money to go get some actual turf that is recommended by the NFLPA. So take with that what you want. Gene Smith DMs is in open. It is open. So. Take it that what you want. But yeah, hey, real quick announcement. Um, we are trying to get to that 50 mark, that 50 like mark. So go ahead and smash the like button and then be sure to win this video and share this with a friend. Obviously, Best Day Media is getting things going and I absolutely endorse and I'm excited for the continued growth. So uh, let's run those likes up for the for the homie, please. Oh, facts. If unless, you're new in here, unless, man. Unless you're racist. <laughs> if you're new in here, sub, hit that like, tell somebody, man. We're we, we getting a lot more shows. We're getting up and running. Happy to have Chris in here. Uh, I'm going I'm to move this forward into more so recruiting, but let's take a let's take a little step back, Chris. So in 2022, we had two guys from Ohio, right? We got them to commit big time recruits and going forward, we want to sell other recruits. Hey, you can come here. What we want to say is you can be the next CJ Hicks. Mm -hmm. You can be the next Sonny Styles. But before we jump into recruiting, Let's see how their play at Ohio State is going after their first season. So Chris pulls some numbers. He's the snap guy. Chris, let's start with let's start with CJ Hicks, who everybody is saying CJ Hicks has to play. Compared so, to the other linebackers that were at the top of the class that you pulled, what so is their snap count? The CJ Hicks stuff is wild because CJ Hicks came into Ohio State at a time where linebacker play was not very good. And um Every basic metric would suggest like guys that come in and are five stars are usually ready to play earlier than they have been five and six years ago. So you would think, okay, CJ Hicks should play on the field. He should see significant snaps. Here we go. Oh, release. CJ Hicks saw zero offensive, de excuse me, defensive snaps last year. CJ Hicks, again, saw zero defensive snaps last year. That is disgusting for the guy who everybody had as the number one linebacker in the entire country. Period. Fact. Zero is not okay. I don't care how you slice it, especially when you look at guys in his recruiting class. Let's look at other guys who 
were ranked below him. Harold Perkins at LSU earned all SEC honors, I believe, as a freshman and had 513 snaps. But Chris, but Chris, no, no, no. LSU played in a conference title, something Ohio State didn't. LSU had a better defense than Ohio State. Harold Perkins played. Abdul Carter, Penn State, good defense, generally speaking, better than Ohio State's. 514 snaps, but we can't get C.J. Hicks one. We can only get him a few snaps. We can't get him a single one. Um, and, and we've hit a point where it's gotten a little bit ridiculous. Uh, Desan McCullough, McCullough, who honestly – Former we, commit. Yeah, former commit, who we should have landed, should have circled back on. At Indiana, played well. Would have been second on Ohio State in sacks. Had 476 snaps. Now, I know Iowa's defense wasn't that good, but that kid proved he could play and be productive. All three of those kids were ranked lower than C.J. Hicks and viewed as lower priority prospects. You can't okay. have it every way, like I said before. You can't claim to be the best at developing and the best at talent evaluating, and yet other guys in your class that are supposed to be worse than you turn out better than you and can play 500. Like, imagine if I told, like, there's no way Abdul Carter is 500 snaps better than C.J. Hicks. There's so, no way Harold Perkins is 500 snaps better than C.J. Hicks. And, and so C.J. has to play. And and then for recruiting-wise, like, I know Sammy Brown thugging with my rounds. June, woo-dee-woo, the visit's going down. <laughs> they get to happen. But we couldn't yeah. even sell that to Sammy Brown. Like, we sold Sammy Brown on, yeah, bro, come on over here and sit on the bench for three years, and then we'll think about playing you. Yeah, that one, was, they made my guy Cam look real dumb basically four really? hours later, four hours after the show. But I'm going to ask you two questions, Chris. First first, first question, Desai McCullough was a, a commit in our class with yep. two other linebackers. He played his, what, 500 snaps or so. Yeah, How many of those other two players? 476 snaps, recorded four sacks, pass deflections, all that. How many did those other two play? 513, 514. No, I'm talking. I'm not. I'm talking about Gabe oh, Powers. Gabe and Powers, Hicks. CJ Hicks. They didn't play a single snap on defense. That'll tell you something. Now, I, now this is this is my second question. If Abdul Carter and Harold Perkins, some for some reason, wanted to be Buckeyes last last year, how many snaps do you think they would have gotten this defense? Not one. Not one. And you're talking about two in the top ten of linebackers returning according to on three. Yeah, they wouldn't play it at all. So you're disgusting, malpractice, atrocious, borderline. Never mind. Go ahead. Criminal. <laughs> Lock him up. The was it the Bill the Bill Davis effect where you should be locked up for costing people money? Yes, most definitely. It makes them as good as those two guys are. If you watch Harold Perkins, you watch Abdul Carter, monsters on the field, super athletes on the field. Imagine them not playing a snap last season. But you know. We 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 had really good linebackers who didn't go pro and are now red shirt fifth year maybe six year senior so we all good shout out to Ron but let's let, let's move it over to safety real quick so there is another safety that we got Sonny Styles really good player generational talent some say best in the country rated Chris you you pulled snap count from a from a safety that was ranked lower than than Sonny Styles you want to compare those yeah Malachi Starks. <laughs> Played 800 snaps. 800 snaps, Malachi Starks. That man didn't get off the field. No. Wonka played 90 snaps. Both of those are more than Sonny Styles' 69 snaps. 
And it's like, oh, but Chris, but he played near the end of the year. Well, maybe if he would have gotten snaps leading up to that Georgia game, maybe he would have been more equipped and could have played a little bit better and gotten more experience to be ready for that Georgia game. But instead, we almost did him a disservice by not playing him all season outside of like five snaps against Toledo and then tossing him into the Georgia game. How about we get the kid ready and let him unleash against Georgia instead of, oh, God, he's our best option on a month's prep. Let's throw him in. Hopefully he does well. Whole fact. And you think, too, and this, this is my point. We saw how good, you know, Tommy and Steele were at the end of the season. And obviously, and talk about, well, those guys were good. We can't put them on the field. The thing that these other programs are doing, playing Harold Perkins early, playing Abdul Carter early, is they get to cut their teeth through these bad games where you know you're going to blow a team out by fucking 50. Yeah. And by the end of the season, Malachi Starks is not, he's not a weakness. We got to worry about him. Oh, something might happen. He is a veteran in the system. And his ceiling, it was higher than the guy in front of him. You are getting a better player at the end of the season when the games matter the most. The games didn't matter against Iowa. The games didn't matter against Akron. The games didn't matter against Toledo. They mattered against Michigan. They mattered against Georgia. And guess what? Our most talented players that could possibly, we don't know, they could have not been, but they could have been our best players on that side of the ball, didn't have a chance. So basically, you're telling me it was more worth it to play three guys that went undrafted in the secondary, and you didn't find the guy, the one guy who possibly can get a first-round grade, well, maybe maybe two, but we'll see. But the one guy we know should get a first-round grade when he leaves Ohio State, he didn't touch the field. Q, what if I told you that each freshman makes between, and I'm just making this up, makes between 20 and 60 mistakes during this season, right? Mm-hmm. Malachi Starks played 800 snaps. Do you think he got all 60 of his mistakes out before that, before that final game? He probably got a, at least 58. <laughs> like exactly. And if, and if Sonny Styles say he had 50 mistakes in him and he's only played 69 snaps, chances That's are you'll get those mistakes in moments. It's a way higher percentage that'll happen. And 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 to paneling that into recruiting, I just want to leave with those guys of I want to ask the chat, when's the last time you feel like we've won a big defensive recruiting battle? This one is hard to think about. This I don't so even remember the last bit. Like, please tell me because I don't have an answer for you. Who's the last big defensive recruiting battle? Not a guy from Ohio who grew up wearing Ohio State hoodie that we've got. That's that is my question. I'm gonna ask you because I don't know. We're not. We haven't won a big time battle in it seems like years at this point. Really? Yeah. I mean, like I, so so I think JTT was the last one I seen in the chat. Uh, yeah, JTT would be a good one. Brian Harline yeah. had that connection, so that that is one, but it's few and far between. It's not. It's not very. Also, like, like that kid's an upperclassman now. Yeah, like, JTT is a junior. <laughs> he's like, you know, what I'm saying he's leaping. <laughs> Y'all enjoy him for one one more season because he's gone. So that's our last one. So we ain't gonna really have if if we don't get one this cycle, we gonna have none on the roster next season. Yeah, so that, that's my point. So when y'all y'all say like you can't have it both ways, if you want to go out and you want Ohio State to pull these five stars and all that, but but are gonna say, well, we were playing our best players and those guys are to be on the field 24 fucking seven. You can't have both. We're not gonna get the best recruits if they're not seeing the field early. Both cannot be true. So if you want to be an Ohio State fan, be okay losing at the end of the year because you don't have your possible best team. You're basically getting robbed of seeing your best team hit the field if we keep going like this. I love the way you said that. You're getting robbed of seeing your best team at the end of the season. Forget having the best team week to week. Have your best season, best team at the end of the year. That's what I'm saying. Like, we lost by one point. Jermaine Matthews from Ohio. Jermaine Matthews from Ohio. He said non-Ohio. 
Like I love yeah, not 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 Ohio. Those guys grow up. They want to be at Ohio. I'm talking about we had a, a, a D tackle from Texas and we went and got him. We had a linebacker from California and we well, went and got him. Even even Jordan Hancock. Florida. Like they said, Jordan Hancock. Jordan Hancock is going to be a junior also. Yeah, I mean he's up a little. I mean I'm not saying we haven't got any, but doesn't it feel like it's been a long time since we got one? Yeah, hell yeah. And that's and that's the 21 class. Those are all written at 21 class I talked about earlier. So it's not like it was last year. It's not like it was the year before. It's been a little, or even this year, it's been a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just saying we don't get very many. There may be a couple in there, but we don't get very many. Is all I'm saying. So also chris i want you to touch on this before before we jump out of here is just the nil we did rag on it last time and um we've had a it's really come a long way and i know you you have more in touch with that than i am so let us know where nil has come from probably the last time we talked about it um in a really good place right now like really moved ahead nicely i'm obviously the addition of the 1870 club has really helped and for one thing it's provided is competition when there's competition in a space people are forced to play better and play harder and get things you know because it's result driven so the nil is now in a place where they're not offering very very little dollars uh for kids and that's helpful like we have something to offer we have something at the table and whether you like it or not, college football has been moved to a place where, do you have anything for me? Okay, now let's build a relationship. Um, it's only, it's almost like the current dating market as well. So Ohio State's in a much better spot NIL-wise, and I think because of that, I do expect a very good um, class in 2024. I know last year the only five-star that signed to the Big Ten was Brandon Ennis. I think Ohio State could have three or four or five stars in this next upcoming class, um, kind of, or at least that's certainly what I hope. So, no, NIL's in a good place, man, and they now, good place, but you have to keep raising money, um, <laughs> and, and obviously that's a big part of it. So so we'll see how what the 1870 plans to do with their first full year. Obviously getting the full endorsement by Ryan Day. I don't know if you saw, but he's, you know, the podcast is being hosted by Ryan Day. Yeah. Um, who's he with again? I forgot. The chat will tell me though. Um, so just they're doing good stuff and there's a plan and there's upside for it. So I'm excited for 1870. And and we do get the answer of can these guys actually recruit? I gave a lot of passes in recruiting because NIL was not there. I gave a lot. So you're finishing up in in NIL. Now we Michael Bennett, national champion, Michael Bennett hosting the podcast with, uh, right now. Yeah, so we're we're gonna see who can really recruit because there's no excuses. You got outbid. You're at least comparable enough to go get a good player. So we yeah. so we will we will see. We will see. Yeah, man. So basically, that's our update and state of the program. I asked Chris to do it last time. So Chris, I'm gonna ask you this time: Where do you feel like in total? If we if we wrap up everything we just talked about, where do you think the state of the program is? You got 30 seconds to a minute, whatever you want. Let it let everybody know. I think this is a team teetering on the brink. I think Ryan Day is where Kirby Smart was at this point of Kirby Smart's progression. I think Kirby was learning how to take his lumps and trying to figure out how to win the big game. Um, obviously, Kirby Smart's big issue was, you know, how can I get things going on offense? And Ryan Day's big thing is how can I get things moving on defense? I do think the addition of Jim Knowles in year two um, and improved play that they got from the transfer portal in terms of patching up some key positions like Igbenosin, um will really, really help them. And honestly, I think I give this team – in terms of chances, I think, you know, a 65, 70% chance to return to the cultural wall playoff and compete yeah. for a national title. And I feel good with that number, especially given the fact that you lose probably one of the uh, most talented quarterbacks in team history. So I'm excited moving forward. I feel good. 
Um, and I feel like this is the window for, for Ryan Day to figure out if he can get it done. And I think he's made enough mistakes on big stages and has never shied away from learning and adjusting and tweaking. And those things are important. So um, in terms of state of the program right now, if I was going to give it a tag, like I'm creating a report card, um, I think a B plus. I think there's enough room for improvement, but not so much improvement because we are knocking on the door of that A. So with that being said, that's what I got, Q. Thank you. Yeah, um, for me, if I had to give it a grade score, I'd probably put it at a B. I feel like this is such a sort of like seesaw point where it's like it's going to go one way or another. Like I said, this roster is loaded. I feel like this staff is, is good enough to do it. If they are not, we will find out very soon. I feel like all the pieces are there. This defense should be a lot better. And I trust Ryan Day to score enough points to win. I do hold Ryan Day accountable. For the Michigan loss, for the most, I, I give him the biggest because I felt like the defense was there until the end of the game, and he only put up twenty-seven points, which you're not going to win any game in college football currently just doing that. So, but if we get the Georgia Ryan Day and in an improved defense, I feel like there's no reason this team should not win a title. If they do not, this will be a failure, and if they do not, it is going to be. Really cold in Columbus, even in the summertime, because it may be a long time before we win a natty and we need that recruiting momentum. We need that momentum in the program. We are going to talk about this very soon of is Ohio State still the sexy option? And Chris, is a good time to plug that. When are we going to talk about that, man? We're going to talk about Ohio, is Ohio State still sexy. So as you know, um, Zach is in Vegas and I still want to host a show. So pull up on me and Q is going to co-host it with me. We're kicking and having a good time. Lunch hour on the Menace of Sports YouTube channel Monday at noon. I'm really, really excited for that. We one. going to the big leagues, baby. Going we to going, going to the big leagues. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really awesome. I'm really excited. Uh, and I hope to see you all there. Um, it's going to be a good time. And then uh, additionally, pull up to the playback. We're going to be kicking it in there if you want to, you know, chop it up post-show and see how the guys get down. Yeah, all plugs. So pull up to the playback. Like Chris said earlier, the Discord, we are all in there. We are jumping. We are doing that. We're on Twitter. We're here every Sunday. The shows is coming. And like you said, Monday, we'll be live in action back in the big leagues. Chris, a shout out to Zach for having us do it. And we're going to talk a little more. We want to talk as Ohio State still the sexy options. Absolutely. That. A lot of a lot to talk about. And we are going to have a great time. So let me get some chats. Everybody, give me your grades while we while we wrap this up. Uh, let me see what they got going on in the chat. Kasai, my guy, King Kasai, said it's natty season, baby. It's do, natty do, do, do. <laughs> Let's see. We going big time from Best Damn Media. Yeah, we we going, we going to the big leagues. Where is the playback? Playback TV, Best Damn Media. There you go. All you got to do is search in Playback TV. Search it in right on your browser, just like you're watching us. It will be up there. Best Damn Media. They will be in there watching the OT7 Nationals. Big time. Shout out to my guy, Gabe Williams. He's in there. He's in there balling. So we will watch that. It is in the description. All of that. Chris, if no one somehow knew who you were before they jumped in here and saw the state of the program, where can they find you? Um, good luck, nigga. Dude. <laughs> You know where to find Chris, man. He will be a, he will be on Minister Sports. He is on Twitter. He is he is in the Discord. He is all that. If you want to find me, I am City Boy Quinn on Twitter. You know, I will be here every Sunday for Best Damn Media. Flying Johnson on YouTube. And oh, there we go. Play, there we go. There's your link right there. PlaybackTV.bestdamnmedia. And also, I do movies here on YouTube. Marley Films. If you want to check me out, so 
everybody, I appreciate you joining us for the stay of the program. We are going to part one. We're going to pick this part two up on Monday and talk a little more about that. Chris, any last words for the people? I appreciate you, Chad. Chad Demons, and I appreciate you, Q. Hey, man, we, we out of here. Mm-hmm.